Hello, and welcome to episode 81 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. If you are a new listener, thank you so much for joining me today. And if you're returning to the show, thank you for coming back. It means a lot to me that you're choosing to spend your time not only listening to this particular show, but just in general, the fact that you're investing in yourself as a manager. We need more managers like you. Now, a warm welcome to Julia R. to the Modern Manager community. Members of the Modern Manager community get all kinds of bonuses, including 10% off my new course, Make More Time, everything a manager needs to know to delegate successfully. It's on sale now until January 10th with early bird pricing until December 31st. And I'm really excited for this course because I heard from many of you that assigning work and holding people accountable is something that you struggle with. Knowing how to effectively delegate is one of the most important skills for any manager. And this course walks you through the process and the mindset. Learn more at mamieks.com slash delegation. Today's guest is David Nagel. David is the founder of the multi-million dollar global coaching company, Life Is Now, Inc., helping thousands of entrepreneurs, experts, and self-employed professionals gain the confidence and find the right mindset to increase their revenue, turning their endeavors into seven and eight figure ventures. He is also the best-selling author of The Millions Within, a book focusing on intention, focus, and awareness to build your dream business and life. David and I talk about how self-sabotaging works, why we self-sabotage, how to overcome your own tendencies to self-sabotage, and how to talk with your team about their self-sabotaging activities. Now, here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. David, thank you so much for joining me today. I am really glad that we're meeting by phone this time since our last in-person meeting was a bit of a logistical circus. (laughs) My pleasure, Mamie. Yeah, it was. It was fun, though. We had a good meeting. We did. We did. All right. So you work with entrepreneurs to help them build their businesses and design a life that they want. But as you know, this show is not only for entrepreneurs, it's also about managers. But the reason I wanted to talk with you is because I think a lot of the concepts that you talk about and work with your clients on are really relevant to anyone. Is that true? I hope so. Yeah, it absolutely is true. And I think that in building my own company and managing that, a lot of things that I've taken from what I've learned to actually help entrepreneurs, I've actually applied in a managerial sense, so to speak, and I have found that it has worked very well. All right. So my first question is about the mental game and our mentality and kind of how we get in our own way sometimes. So can you maybe flesh that out? Yeah, I sure can. So I think what's important for people to understand is that there's basically two parts of our brain that are working both together and in opposition of each other all the time. And that's where our thinking or we, you know, when we say we we get in our own way or we get stuck or we self-sabotage, that's when our subconscious mind is actually going against what we consciously want to produce in our life. So that basically is that Our subconscious mind has two main functions. It wants to keep us alive and keep us reproducing. It does not like when we go and intentionally try to change something that it knows for certain is actually keeping us alive and keeping us safe. 
So we always have that part of our brain that is in a bit of resistance to whatever it is that we're changing. Even if we're growing productively, we're totally volunteering to change. It's not like change is being forced on us. We're doing it. Our subconscious mind constantly wants to pull us back. The way that it does this, I have found is extremely fascinating, is that it either gets us to notice something in our environment that we get hyper-focused on because of some sense of urgency, and it really doesn't matter what it is. However, we justify that urgency in our mind will, will definitely do for that, whatever is going on. Or it literally causes us to subconsciously create a problem. So that could be we get in an argument with our spouse or with our employer or with a friend or we, we get sick or we forget to lock up the dog and the dog runs away, whatever. So we get focused on whatever the problem is and the problem becomes so urgent in our mind that for some reason we don't think we can do both things at the same time. Or we come up with some resistance around what it is that we're supposed to be doing. And what our mind actually tricks us into doing in that moment, and this can happen with the smallest things maybe or the largest things, is it gets us to agree with whatever we're paying attention to. The second we go into agreement, we automatically justify either stopping what we were doing or we totally self-sabotage whatever the pursuit or direction that we were in was. And then we, you know, either we have to become aware of it and correct it, or we go through a whole number of different things that could happen after that. But that's actually how it happens. And when we work with people, we help them kind of reverse engineer their own strategy for self-sabotage or for stopping moving forward. So I have a lot of examples of my own life that are coming to mind. I'm thinking about like my incessant need to be upgrading my website. I, I'm now seeing that as a as a distraction, probably that's <laughs> keeping me from doing other things, and you know, instead of whatever it is, creating new products or working to find new clients, I just I'm like, oh, but I have all these issues with my website that need to be updated, and then I'm also thinking about like a, as you said, a really small way of like the millions of times that I'm like, oh, but there's so many emails that I need to get to, and so I will you know, go down a rabbit hole of trying to get my inbox back down to zero instead of doing whatever big project work I probably should be doing. Yeah, absolutely. If you think about it in those moments, for some reason, those things become more urgent to you than doing the thing that you should be doing. So you agree with it. You agree with that urgency, whether it's a conscious agreement or an emotional agreement, and then you get stuck, you know, answering emails when you're supposed to be doing something else. I mean, that's a great example of exactly how that works. All right. So clearly you have an antidote or at least a process to help us stop doing these things. Can you walk us through that? Yep, sure can. Well, let's look at it like this. If we set a goal to do something, we say we're every day we're supposed to make sales or we're supposed to build a project or whatever it is that we're supposed to do. And we're fighting against our subconscious way of sabotaging ourselves. We're, so we're literally pushing against another part of ourself that is trying to accomplish an opposite goal. However, if we come from it from a different perspective where we're aware of exactly how we sabotage, so we know our strategy because it's unique to every individual, the way that they have a strategy of stopping moving forward. And it's also different with different things. It really depends on what is the emotional charge around something. So like in business, some people have a big emotional charge around selling or confrontation or something like that. 
and they'll avoid those things more than they will other things, but they'll still avoid other things. It's just a different intensity. So if we're really conscious about how we have this ability to pull this strategy off, we can reverse engineer it and literally see everything that happens within the cause and effect framework from the moment we decide we're going to do something else to the moment that we've actually sabotaged ourselves and stopped it. So we understand the process. So number one, we'll have the ability to see it when we start doing it. I have always found that the biggest problem with people breaking through this is that when they become aware of it, it's too late because they're already emotionally involved. So if I say to you, maybe here's something that you need to do and you start doing it, but you start to self-sabotage or you start to get distracted, you're emotionally involved in something else by the time it's too late to correct it because you're already emotionally involved. You've actually reinforced the bad behavior instead of reinforcing the good behavior. So if we break down your strategy for doing that, we know exactly what's going to happen in order for that to start to work itself out. So the very first thing to notice would be what is it that's out of place? It's something that's causing you to pay attention to it when you're supposed to be doing something else. So that would be the first thing. The second thing would be to give yourself another option other than doing that thing. So Part of it is also evaluating, is this actually an emergency or not? Does this really need to be taken care of now or not? And if it doesn't, then where am I going to place this in my day or my week or my month in order to get it done? Because I still have a responsibility to do it. It's in my life or my business or my work. And then get back on track for doing the thing that I said that I was going to do. All right. That all makes sense. Can you maybe give us an example of what you're talking about? Well, I've already mentioned sales. So let me let me talk about that because I see people in business avoid this like the plague. And it's also the thing that it causes a business to either thrive or or not thrive or, or be you know very difficult for individuals. So if if we are if we are selling in business, there are a lot of things that a person has to either overcome or make themselves proficient in the skill set to be able to do that. Then they have to discipline themselves to actually make the calls or however they're doing it. They're going out and seeing businesses or if they're calling off a list or however they're, they're actually making sales. So then that gets calendared in their day. I'm going to do this project from this time to this time, and I'm not going to do anything else during that time. So if it's something that internally I don't want to do, I'm afraid to do it, I'm afraid of rejection, I could have a lot of internal issues going on that are conflicting with my objective. If I start to get focused on those and I'm not addressing them, what happens is that almost every single time, something will show up as the perfect reason for me to stop. It even could be, like I've seen people do this, where they're like, I made phone calls all day, but nobody answered the phone. And it keeps happening over and over and over again. And we would think to ourselves, well, we don't really have any control over that. You'd be very surprised if a person actually changed their energy around what they were doing, that they would be getting a a different result. I've worked with companies all over the world where the slightest thing that comes into a person's life can throw their sale off or throw their productivity off in various different areas. So what we want to do is we want to be conscious of that going in. And if we're conscious of it going in, then we can do is give ourselves another option. So another option would be the idea of this, that when this specific thing happens or goes wrong, 
instead of having to agree with it, I can do something else instead of agreeing with it. And I can continue to do the work that I, that I actually need to do in that time frame. When I do that, I'm reinforcing a new belief and I'm reinforcing a new habit pattern inside of myself. So with sales, what that is going to allow me to do is it's going to allow me to stay in that project of work for the length of time that I'm doing it. And instead of reinforcing a negative emotion around it or a resistant emotion around it, I can reinforce something that is more expected or even grateful in a lot of cases, which is going to make not only the job easier, but it's going to give me a completely different outcome on the other end. And at the same time, I'm breaking the pattern of sabotaging around that specific thing. So I really like this idea of putting a time on your calendar to do the task or to do the activity that you maybe know you're going to self-sabotage around. It is something that I also, I like that trick a lot. I tend to do that also just to help me get a better handle around what it is that I need to prioritize for the day. So it's a good trick in many, many ways. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about what happens when you notice that a team member is the one who is struggling with this. So of course, like it's in some ways easier when you know it's yourself and you can identify and start to have some strategies to respond. But what if it's somebody else? How do you get them to notice when they're self-sabotaging? So here's what I do. First off, I think that once a person becomes aware that this is exactly how people self-sabotage, I think it's great to sit down with all the people that you're managing like one at a time and explain to them, listen, I've learned something new and it's really beneficial. What I'd like to do is I'd like to reverse engineer the way that you self-sabotage. I can tell you the way that I do it if a person wants to be transparent around it so that we can catch it before it becomes any kind of a problem. So I think that that's the best way to handle it right up front is to find out how each one of the people that work for you actually do sabotage. I have found that not only doing that in my coaching business, but doing that in my business has saved a tremendous amount of problems versus actually approaching it after. But if you have to approach it after the fact, then I think that the first thing is to make it completely safe for a person to be totally transparent. Because what I have noticed is that because generally these issues can be emotional, a person will be resistant to hearing this because they're resistant to whatever it is that they're sabotaging to begin with. So you've got the external resistance, like my manager, my boss is challenging me on this. So, you know, am I in trouble? Am I going to lose my job? What's the ramification for that? And then I also have the resistance where I'm having trouble changing this on my own, but I really don't know what's causing it. So I think creating a safe space for a person to be completely transparent is very important to do that. I've found working in my own company and with many other companies that that's always been the best way to start this conversation. But then it's having a conversation with them really about what was the expected outcome of the project or whatever it is that they were working on and what exactly happened, but get their perspective on it. Because I think that this is where a little bit of basic psychology is is really good. Really listen to the perception of the person that sabotaged. Like, what was their perception of what went wrong? Whether it was, did they miss a deadline on a project? Did they totally bungle the job? What's really going on with this person? And, you know, the other thing is to find out if there's anything going on personal in their life that would cause them to do this. Because a lot of problems, as you know, 
very well that are at work begin at home. So if we can really just sit back and really understand what's going on with the person, we can then present to them the solution in a way where they'll be able to hear it much better so that they don't feel attacked. Feeling challenged, I think that is, it's not always a bad thing because that's one of the ways that we help people you know, become more productive and develop their skill sets and their own self-identity or self-worth and what it is that they're doing and just become better individuals. So I think that that's, that's actually a good thing. But in this case, I think presenting a safe situation and then asking them to explain what it is that happened in their viewpoint so that you really understand what's going on with them and then kind of pointing out to them that here's where what they did, whatever went wrong, they have to accept responsibility for because nothing can change until that happens. So I would agree that there are a various amount of different situations and circumstances that may be completely out of their control that cause problems to happen. But the question then becomes, what was their responsibility in actually handling that? Did they do it at the right time? Did they delegate it to somebody else? Did they make it more important? And just getting them to see how they're actually thinking about the thing is where the problem's really stemming from to begin with, and then giving them the alternative of how to think. So they have that option. And then explaining them how the reverse engineer self-sabotage, because it's with every person on the planet, they all, we all do it the same way. It comes from the survival mechanism in the amygdala of the brain, and, and it works the same way with every person. It's just that the circumstances and the emotions are different. So I have found that if you generally approach this with someone from that perspective, and you're coming from a caring place, and they're open to hearing positive feedback, and they want some correction, that it's not a problem at all. I've never had anybody push back against it when coming from a managerial perspective. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, on the one hand, there are probably some not easy conversations to have, but it's, it's fairly straightforward. Oh, I realized now I didn't prioritize this well enough, and this is the step I'm going to take to do that differently. And then there might be some way deeper stuff happening, like, you know, I, I could imagine on a, on a like a very deep emotional level, someone being afraid of a promotion in a way that they want the promotion, but they are also deeply afraid of what that level of responsibility will mean or what the amount of additional work hours or travel will mean for their family. And does that kind of stuff come up in these conversations or is that kind of off the table and, you know, meant for therapy? No, it absolutely comes up. It actually comes up more than you would think. At least I have found that it has. When you create a safe space for someone and they really feel that you will not abuse their transparency, there's all kinds of things that they're going to tell you. Sometimes things, you know, it's like too much information. You don't need to know everything. But yeah, I find that, that it, it absolutely comes up and people have real fears about that. I would be concerned about an employee that didn't have a little trepidation about increased responsibility. You, because you don't want somebody that's arrogant or overconfident to the place where they're going to make mistakes and then they don't own it, right? They're going to blame somebody else because they don't want to look foolish or something. So I think that a little bit of that is actually a, a pretty good thing. And yeah, to answer your question, they definitely will be transparent about it. So how else does kind of mindset play out in the workplace? Like what other aspects besides self-sabotage are important when you're thinking about kind of the mindset of coming to work or collaboration or managing? I think you have to understand what motivates each employee, and that's a lot of work. And I say that with a lot of respect because I don't think everybody's good at it. 
I'm not really good at it. I have people that manage different departments for me because I I understand that very well. Like there's certain people I'm good at managing. There's certain people that I'm not really good at managing just because of my own personality. I'm a quick start and you know what my expectations are and stuff. So I think that if you can spend the time to make sure that you understand what is what is motivating the person to work for you and can you help meet that motivation and can you help meet their needs? Because I very much view it like this. I'm actually working for them, right? Like I'm the owner of the company. I have a responsibility to show up but make sure that that I'm keeping my end of the agreement for those individuals that are working for me. I want them to be a happy employee. I want them to be driven to meet their own goals and needs and desires, but I have to know what they are so that I can help meet that. If they need extra time off, if they need a raise, if they need support at home, if there's something, some other way that I can support them so that they can fulfill the duties that they have to do and the responsibilities here for two reasons. One is, yeah, there's a selfish reason involved there because it's my company and I want them to do really great so that my company can grow, but so that we can all grow together and also meet the goals that they have in life. One of the greatest pleasures and gratitudes that I have in life is being able to provide that opportunity for someone else. So I take it with a lot of respect with those people and they're choosing to work for me and with me. So I also have a great deal of respect there. So I want to know what is it that motivates them? Why do they want to work here? Why do they want to trade this part of their life in my company and help me accomplish my vision? I think from a mindset perspective, it shows that you care. It shows that you have empathy. They're not just a number. They, they know that every day that they're making a difference in some way. And I think it's important to communicate how they're making a difference and to celebrate that. And it's not just about, you know, did you hit the deadline? And I don't really believe in that kind of negative management pressure. It's never really worked for me. I've never liked it when I've been in that type of a situation. I've always come from the place of motivating from within. What do they really want and helping them and supporting them in the challenges that they have in life and, and in the wins also? I thought that was such a great answer because the first part is all really about helping to understand what is it that your team members are maybe afraid of, like what's under the surface that's that's causing them to hold back. And this is the what's under the surface that's really going to entice them and excite them to push forward, right? So it's such a, a beautiful yin and yang that you just described. Yeah, I think it is. All right. So as we are starting to wrap up, as you know, the show is called The Modern Manager. So can you share with us one of the incredible managers that you had the privilege and the honor of working with and for and what made this person so fantastic? Yes, I can. His name was Tom Bellino, and I was working for a petroleum company for a part of my life when I was making a, a, an enormous change. So just a little backstory on this. I was a high school dropout. I was really going nowhere with my life. I began to turn myself around and I managed to get a pretty decent job that was paying me enough money to be able to support my family. And I really wanted to do well and I wanted to advance in this company. There were some challenges though. Number one, I didn't have an education. I had no managerial experience. So it was all learn on the job training type thing. I lived 100 miles away from where I worked, so they were very hesitant to promote me because of the strain that that would put on me because 
I had to fulfill, you know, certain responsibilities with this company and I was a hundred miles away. So how was going to meet that challenge? So Tom kind of interceded into my promotion and he helped me get that promotion, but he also took me under his wing. He was a manager for United Parcel Service and then he retired from there and came to work for this company. And he taught me a lot about being humble because I had a little arrogance to me at that point in my life and a little I know too much. And he, in a lot of ways, he really challenged me on my own mindset and my own behavior and really showed me how to be a leader instead of just being like a dictator. Because all the managers I had up to that point in my life were more was more of a dictatorship. Tom was a leader, and he really kind of taught me how to be a leader. So I succeeded under him very well. I climbed rapidly in the company because of the way that he taught me. And he taught me how to care for about people and how to be interested in what they were doing. And I managed to get so much more productivity out of the people that worked for me because of the things that Tom taught me about caring for other people, having empathy, being concerned with them, helping them, you know, get their needs met. I mean, it totally set the complete foundation for me to start my own business. I mean, I really credit, I don't give him enough credit in life, I think, for what it is that he taught me for a period of about five years. I just really learned so much from him. Oh, that is so beautiful and sounds like a really powerful figure. Yeah. So last thing, where can people learn more about you and your work? They can go to davidnagel.com. Last name is N as in Nancy, E-A-G-L-E. And we have a download. It's a free download there. It's called You Were Born to Be a Success. And it really works for everybody. It doesn't matter if a person's starting their own business in their own business or they're working for somebody else and that's where they want their success. It helps them understand the mindset that life is not supposed to be as difficult as they think and how to actually make it easier and to rise to the different positions and heights in life that they want to faster with less struggle on their part, you know, what the mindset adjustments need to be in order to do that. Fantastic. We will have that link in the show note as well. Thanks, baby. Thank you so much, David. I am, of course, like now (laughs) going to go back and rethink how I do all of my work and when I'm self-sabotaging and think about what, what motivation I need to learn more about with all my team members. So thank you for the important insights today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on your show. David has generously offered access to his course, The Art of Success, for free to members of the Modern Manager community. The Art of Success is truly a tool of self-empowerment like none other. It teaches you exactly how to rise above your circumstances and live a stronger, more liberated, more fulfilling life. This is a serious program for any entrepreneur or visionary who understands their physical day-to-day results are directly related to who they're being. To get this course, plus 10% off my delegation course, plus dozens of other guest bonuses and episode guides, go to mamieks.com slash join. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash join. All the links are in the show notes and they're delivered to your inbox if you subscribe to my newsletter, which you can do at mamieks.com slash podcast. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. 
You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.